Hey there, and welcome to Courageous Radiance Podcast. My name is Brittany Dixon. This is a place, a podcast place, where women are encouraged and inspired amongst other women who are just as busy or even busier. You know, our calendars are full. Our lives go at ridiculous speeds. It seems that each season, our assignment changes. The season of life changes. How do we respond to that in fullness and in joy? So this is a place to be equipped, inspired, and encouraged to remain anchored in the only ability to carry that assignment out well, which is in Jesus Christ. Friends, he is our hope. He is our ability to live life to its fullness. He promises us that. We get to live life to its fullness here, and we have hope for what is coming ahead in eternity. Hey there, friend, and welcome to the podcast. This is Brittany Dixon. I'm excited to wrap up this month of talking about dwelling. And even though we're air quote wrapping it up, we're really not. This is going to flush into so many more of our discussions moving forward because it's just so important, so imperative to the life of a disciple, the life of a believer. So our women of faith, we've been talking about women of faith. The first conversation that we talked about at the beginning of this month was Jehoshaphat. And then the second week, we talked about Noah's wife, who we don't know any other name except Noah's wife. And the last time we talked about Rahab. Today, we're going to talk about a different woman who is quite amazing, quite faithful. And I'm actually going to start off by reading um, a passage in 2 Kings 22. So this um, passage, like many of the passages in Chronicles and Kings, um, kind of parallel. So it's it's 2 Kings 22, but this also parallels with 2 Chronicles 34. Um, so I'm going to start in verse 15. This is Hulda. We're going to talk more about her as this podcast goes on. Um, she's a prophetess, but we're going to, I'm going to start off in verse 15. She said to them, this is what the Lord, the Lord God of Israel says, say to the man who sent, who sent you to me. This is what the Lord says. I am about to bring disaster on the place and on its inhabitants, fulfilling all the words of the book that the king of Judah has read. Because they have abandoned me and burned incense to other gods in order to anger me with all the works of their hands, my wrath will be kindled against this place and it will be and it will not be quenched. Say this to the king of Judah who sent you to inquire of the Lord. This is what the Lord of Israel says. As for the words that you heard, because your heart was tender and you humbled yourself before the Lord when he, when you heard what I spoke against this place and against its inhabitants, that they would become a desolation and a curse. And because you have torn your clothes and wept before me, I myself have heard. This is the Lord's declaration. Therefore, I will indeed gather you to your ancestors and you will be gathered to your grave in peace. Your eyes will not see all the disaster that I'm bringing on this place. Then they reported to the king. So we're going to talk about this, but her name is Holda. But just kind of backtracking here, I know that every so often um, I, I talk a little bit about the foundation of Courageous Radiance, where it came from, where it started. But um, in alignment with with today, I wanted to talk about this. So as we're thinking about this concept of dwelling, um, 
not just giving you this prescription to dwell, right? Or, or just this one methodology, but um, we dwell, we do it courageously every single day, faithfully, consistently, because we are disciples. So this is assuming, this is on the, the wings of assumption that you have first decided to dwell because this is already this lifestyle that you have signed up for. So I just want to kind of bring you on back. So 2015, humbled, purpose-driven. It's when I started the blog. And, you know, I would love to say I was just this faithful blogger. Um, I didn't. I would say I blogged a few times a month, um, you know, four if I was great. But um, I really felt this sense, this calling. I was discipled in 2010 um, to 2012. And it was just kind of this um, middle period in between 2012 to 2015, where I knew what I, I felt that God was calling me to do something, um, writing to, to um, share my faith and, and, and all of that. And I just didn't really know where to start. Well, a little bit about me. I love to read. I've always journaled um, just my whole life, literally since like being a girl. Um, I have so many thoughts <laughs> and words that go around in my head all the time. And God helped um, helped align me with this humble, purpose-driven. And the goal, the vision, was really to call women to an obedient faith, um, to be humbled in her heart, and to be purposed by whatever God is purposing you to, calling you to do, and, and to be driven, consistent to do that. Well, that kind of, um, you know, morphed a little bit. And then in 2020, you know, as we all know, what happened in the pandemic of 2019, 2020, 2021, all of that. But I'm a nurse and I see a nurse at that. So that was just a really torturous time. But um, in 2020, um, I the stuff I was seeing along with my coworkers, y'all, I, I literally can barely put words to it. But um, in essence, we were scared. I was scared, right? I mean, at the beginning, it was honestly, my fear at first wasn't even just for me, like my life necessarily, because I knew where I was going if I was to pass. And I would even say this prayer, but my fear was for my family. You know, the fact that, um, you know, I could infect my husband, I can infect my children, my parents, my, my nephews, my, my sisters. I mean, it was just, I was just filled, overwhelmed, you know, then I was, I was scared for my family, right? I was scared for my sisters. I was scared for my parents and scared for my friends, my community. It was just all of this fear, 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 fear. And God was like, okay, Brittany, really? Like, yes, this is real, but I need you to dial back to me. So here launches this podcast. Um, it was on my, he really just kind of birthed this in my heart um, for she's dressed for the narrow gate. Um, if you know anything about Matthew seven, you can read it 13 and 14 verses um, of the seventh chapter. But, um, you know, Jesus parallels himself to um, parallels this, this analogy of the believer, the real believer is, is going to be called to this, to this narrow pathway. You know, the, the, the wide one is easily passable and there's many people on it. Even people who air quotes say that they're Christian and really think they believe in Jesus. Right. Um, but it's going to be by the narrow gate, um, that, that we are going to have access. So that started in 2020 with a podcast by 2021, 
it shifted even more just this on y'all I'm really not this smart okay let me tell you for anybody who took the ACT um, I know down here we're from Michigan but in Michigan they do more of the ACT some people did SAT if they were going like out of state um, and I feel like here they do both but I hear SAT more than where I'm from anyways but the point is that I had to take that thing five times one, two, three, four, five. Okay. F- the very first time came in at a wonderful score of 16. <laughs> the school I wanted to go to, I needed a 21. Y'all. So by my fourth time, I got a 20. And I was like, really? Like, we can't find some decimals and round up. So I had to take it a fifth time and I got a 22. Done. Um, listen, my husband came in this mug, probably half sleep and got like a 29. Really? But you know, we all different learners. So I just have a special heart. This is why even for my, my, my middle child, my, my Caleb, um, he learns different than like my daughter, right? My daughter learns more than like uh, in alignment with my husband. So I just have such a heart for people who are like, have to study like 18 hours of a 24 hour day to get an A because that was me. I just... I always struggled. Like I just struggled, especially with like standardized tests. But anyways, the point is that I am not this gifted. Listen, I'm not, I'm not a speaker by trade. I'm not, I would never be like, Hey, put me on a platform, put me on the stage. I want to speak. Nope. If you know, know me like, no, no, double no. Then you would know that that is not my wish. Um, I, as much as I write, I didn't even believe in myself necessarily to do that because I don't want to write and have other people have something to say. And this is just me being transparent. Okay. For a minute. So just hold comments, but this is just me being honest. Um, as a leader, I am like on the disc scale. D is my lowest. Um, I can lead. I choose not to, um, it's not a comfort for me. (laughs) I, I lead in the absence of none. Um, and it's crazy because even when there is somebody leading, I'll be thinking about ways that it could be done better, but I'm kind of more, I I would consider myself an Indian, not the chief, um, you know, the helper just in the background backstage. I say this to say, y'all, this is from the Lord, but then God really got me to a place of faithful obedience. So at the end of the day, while I'm here, even today, May of 2023, is not because of my skill set, it's not because of my disc scale, it's not because of my testing ability, it's not because of my personality and temperament, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It is because I want to be faithful to God. So my question, just start off the gate, as I know I'm already nine minutes in, is what about you? Like, why are you here? Whether you're listening to you know, a million podcasts a day, going to church, doing all things. Why? What led you to your faith? And maybe you're new to this. Maybe somebody just shared this podcast to you, or maybe you were just kind of a brand new Christian. Um, but really just start assessing the why, because, and, and, and here's why. Um, and y'all, all I ask God for was for his help. And I'm like, I will do this, God, even if there's only one that listens. Um, Because, and honestly, (laughs) the less the better, because I'm like, I don't want a lot of people to listen to me. You know, um, I I don't, I don't think I could do it, right? I'm kind of like just that spirit of of Joshua, like, God, help me be strong and courageous. Uh, But anyways, my pastor has this great series at, um, at our church, One Community, 
Um, it's called Rattled. I love it so far. We only two sermons in, but listen, um, I've been sending it to everybody. But um, last, just I'm not last week, just yesterday, um, Sunday, he um, talked about limiting God. Um, not limiting God rather, but not from a standpoint of like, okay, here, hashtag go, go be blessed, go do all these great things for you, but don't limit God in his calling for you, for him to be glorified in and through your faithful obedience. Um, so that's something that is like a constant thing that I have to keep my eyes on. If it's the one great, but if it's many, make sure I'm, I don't discount who God is. Make sure my dreams, as he was saying, are not too small. And if anything, that's kind of insulting to God. And I'm going to have to get over the fear and all of that and keep surrendering that every single day to, to the Lord. But let me tell you. So I was discipled by an amazing disciple maker, um, Jada Edwards. Just listen, my, my whole my whole mentor. Anyways, but um, in 2010, later, some years later, um, somewhere in the in-between before 2015, I was, I don't know how I found this guy, John Ortberg. <clears throat> I am still getting over this cold. Excuse my coughing and sneezing if there's any. But John Ortberg, I just want to kind of, he's just amazing, y'all. He is just like, like literally, um, he massively, on top of Jada, impacted my viewpoint of discipleship. But um, he talked about... Um, the vision and, and the why of how it ties to our faith and conviction. Now, I'm going to go through this really quickly because you can search them on YouTube and find them. And you might even know them. But um, he talked about these three faiths, these three convictions. And you have this public faith. And, and he talked about an, an analogy of that is like Herod, who King Herod, who you know who wanted to kill. He didn't want anybody to, to, to usurp him. So he wanted to kill. He heard that, you know, this baby was going to come on the scene. Obviously, it was baby Jesus. And he wanted to kill all, all the firstborn, all, all the baby boys. So anyways, um, so he told the Magi, yeah, I want to worship him. So let me know when you find him. Okay, lie. You know that he didn't really want to worship him. So it's kind of like this PR statement he talked about that this is what I want you to think I believe. I want you to think I believe it. But I know real deep down, I don't. So that's public. So again, think about Herod. He really did not want to worship this baby. He wanted to kill the baby. Then you've got this private conviction, this private faith, which is he um, made an analogous statement to Peter. This is like you actually legitimately, truly, sincerely think this is what you believe. So like this isn't a lie kind of like Herod. You think that this is what you really believe until life happens, until a circumstance happens that's like, well, maybe I don't really believe that. <laughs> Well, you know, think about going down the aisle. Well, is it really for for sickness, for poor, for your for sickness, for health, for richer, for poor? Is it really? Is it really? Um, but he um said Peter, you know, Peter really legitimately, probably, you know, I, I think believable, thought that he would really stand for Jesus until he denied him three times, right? So this is actually like, I really think I, I would do this, but it doesn't stick because the circumstances have changed. Um, which actually, and, and he made this point that I wrote down, which is really good. That said, I, so I mean me, as well as you may, this is what happens when you have kids, stuff just falls and breaks. I may or may not be the best judge of what I really believe. So that's just kind of store that for your knowledge. Um, but then it's this core. So we've done public, which was think of Herod, private, which is Peter, core, core belief is 
This is what I demonstrate. This is like my, my behavior. Your behavior always, always, always will align with your core beliefs. This is what we demonstrate like without even thinking about it. Okay, so he talked about this example, um, not of a person, but he uses the example of the law of gravity. Like, I don't have to like convince myself to not, like when we were at the Grand Canyon, I was thinking of a few years ago. Like nobody had to give me this whole talk about why not to step out into the Grand Canyon past the ropes. You know what I mean? Like, I believe in the law of gravity. I don't have to see it like happen by anybody else's life. I just believe it. Somebody told me, I believe it. Done. This is what you live by. This is what you show. This is what you do. Your behavior will always, always, he says, align with your core values. Okay. So now that's John Orberg. Amazing. Amazing man. Let's see about Jesus. Jesus is only interested y'all in what we live out of our core convictions. Think about just the life of Jesus. If you've read any Bible, Jesus always asked questions, insightful, critical thinking questions, right? And <clears throat> if, you, if you think about the rich young ruler, um, he also talked about um, uh, Nicodemus, right? Jesus was always after the heart of the person, the core. Uh, and this is really just kind of why I was thinking about finishing the month of thinking about dwelling. Because as we're thinking about dwelling, I don't, again, just want to give you this prescription to dwell. Dwell three times a day. Dwell four times. Dwell five times a week. No, like dwellers are followers of Jesus. And this isn't something that someone has to give you a method to do. This is just your lifestyle. This is just what you believe. So dwellers, followers of Jesus have a different walk and lifestyle than someone who doesn't? So if you think about this, this think about this Ortberg structure of public faith confessors, um, private and then core. So I can have somebody goes to my church, believes, says that they believe Jesus, PR, right? Their their public statement. And even let's go another level, somebody in your life group who says that says it, you think that they have a private life with Jesus, like privately. So we've gone from public to private where it's like, I legitimately think that this is, this is my life. Jesus is my life, right? I follow Jesus. But then you have this whole other person in comparison to that then, but why does their life look different? They go to the same church, they in the same group, they read the same Bible study, they doing, they doing, they doing. Why is this one person different than this other person who has the same public and private confession of faith? It's because of the core level. When he said that, I was like, oh my goodness, this is literally what Jesus was after, right? Um, in my discipleship, we read through this book called Inside Out. I know I've talked about it on the podcast before um, by Dr. Larry Crabb. It's what I use to disciple. Is, um, and it's the same concept, inside out. So I'm not going to read it, but um, James 2.14. I have to read it. I'm sorry. James 2.14. I know I say that all the time. I almost need to stop saying it. 2.14. Um, really all the way to 26, but let's read what we can. James 2, 14, what good, is it, what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith, but, do, but does not have faith, but does not have works, excuse me, can such faith save him? If a brother or sister is without clothes and lacks food daily, and one of you says to him, go in peace, stay warm and be well-fed, but don't give them what the body needs, what good is that? In the same way, faith 
in the same way, faith, if it does not have works, is dead by itself. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without works and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one, good. Even the demons believe and they shudder. That's all the way to verse 19. I'm gonna stop there. Faith without works. And, you know, it, it is congruent. This isn't a separate argument than, than Paul that, you know, um, I, I, I believe by faith, right? So faith, I, I can't, <clears throat> um, by, by the definition of faith in Hebrews 11, um, faith is um, the, the, the essence of things um, hoped for, um, the assurance, the evidence by, by not seeing, it's not seen. So you don't see it. But it's but it's my assurance. It's it's the hope. It's what I believe in, even though I don't have the evidence of, of it yet. Um, and in Ephesians two eight, um, I believe by grace through faith. Right. So I believe in Jesus by grace through faith. James again is still saying the same thing, just a little differently. They are congruent. They're not in conflict. The congruency is. You, you believe by grace through faith. This is what Paul is saying. And faith is the essence of things um, hoped for, the assurance, the evidence not seen. But what James is putting together is faith is both a noun and a verb. It's a, it's a belief, right? This is what you believe, but it's a verb. It's a doing. I faith Jesus, right? I believe Jesus. I like, this is what I actually do. This is what I core level believe in. So it's a noun and a, and a verb. And John Ortberg talks about this example of giving. Like I can publicly say, yes, I tithe, I give. Privately, maybe on another level of person, I, I publicly say it. Privately, I, I believe, I thought I gave to Jesus. But at the core level, what do I actually really do? So disciples trusted Jesus with their life. When you think about disciples, the, the 12 that follow him. And there was one, Judas, he was different, right? At the core level, he was different. And he still followed Jesus every single day. And I can imagine Jesus says, you know, this follow me gospel. That's all he said was follow me. And publicly, they made a statement, I'm going to follow Jesus. And then they started doing it every single day. And then I'm sure that then that public statement started to affect their private statement. And they really believed that they followed Jesus. And then um, when it started to cost them something, you know, which was obviously after Jesus was 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 dead, gone, even though after he raised, but then when he ascended into heaven, um, and then their faith was on trial, right? And then they were persecuted at the core level. They didn't abandon their faith. They didn't abandon their discipleship. They didn't abandon what they at the core level believe. So. We cannot trust Jesus, Ortberg said, with our eternal destiny, but not anything else. So we can't make this public statement, or you can do it, but it just doesn't work. And at the core level, it doesn't work. Is trusting Jesus just this public statement to look good? Or because I think it sounds good? Or, or is it just because it's the get out of hell you know, card? Think about Monopoly, the, the, the get out of jail card is, is like, what is my real affinity to Jesus? Which kind of goes to my first question, you know, going, talking about my journey of Jesus. 
Why are you, your journey, going back to that, why are you here? Going back in in your mind, not to just rigmarole, monotonous. I just wake up, I just read my Bible, I just read my Bible, just listen to my YouTube version or my 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 you version. I just, I just, I just, I go just go to church. I just, I just, I just. Why? What's at the core level? Because followers dwell with Jesus. Last thing I'm going to say about Ortberg is, which is amazing, is he he contrasted in a different message that followers versus admirers. There's this book, I can't remember the author, I read it years ago, and he talked about being a fan versus a follower. But followers versus admirers, followers dwell with Jesus. That's, that's, the, that's the disciples who followed him every single day. With their life, they trusted Jesus every day. Admirers, there was, Jesus had a whole bunch of admirers, right? Those are the people who even believed him for healing, you know? Uh, believed him for food, for their belly to get full. There was a lot of admirers who publicly were in, you know, stated in awe of Jesus, that he was a prophet, that he was a, a man who healed, that he was all of these things. But that's not a follower. When it when the nitty gritty came, even think about John 6, there was many that followed Jesus that stopped following Jesus because it cost them. There was a cost. And even though in all they thought Jesus was, you know, all that in a bag of chips, some jalapeno chips at that, my favorite, they didn't they didn't want the cost. So friend, which are you? This is this is another question. Which are you? Are you a follower or you an admirer? So I read at the very beginning and I talked about this woman of faith, Holda. Um, she's our last lady of faith that again we're talking about. And I'll post them, I'll post this on the blog, courageousradiance.com. If you head to the free resources um, as well as the blog section, um, just items for you to really be equipped and encouraged and anchored, which is really the the vision of this um of this ministry, of this podcast, um, <clears throat> for for your own faith walk. And you know, just a little bit about her. She lived during the reign of Josiah in Jerusalem. She was a prophetess, wife of Shalom. Um, but this high priest, just kind of this brief over, overview, this this high priest, Hilkah, Josiah, um, who was a, a king who did follow Jesus, or not Jesus, Jesus wasn't on scene yet, who followed God with his whole heart, the Bible made note of. Um, but he called for the high priest, Hilkah, and the court secretary and some a king's servant, like these people to cleanse the temple and, you know, give the silver to the people who were faithful integrity there, et cetera. You don't even need to make account for it because they're so faithful. Anyways, in this, Hilka found, um, in verse eight, um, Hilka found the book of the law, y'all. So in Kings, it talks about that as well as Chronicles, but in Chronicles, it goes on further to say it was the book of the law that was written in the hand of Moses. So anyway, so this high priest found this book of the law, um, sent it to the king. It was read to the king. The king was like mourned and, you know, tore his clothes and was just burdened and convicted on how, just how ain't nobody living like this. You know, he was like, no, we got to just do a whole reformation. We got to get our whole lives, um, and, and just clean house and, and all of this and tear down. He was already doing that in his reign of tearing down these, um, the idol worship, et cetera. But it was on a whole other level after this book of the law was read to him by Hilka's people. Anyways, here comes Hilda. So um, the king, again, was mourning and he sent for Hilka to go inquire of the Lord for, for him and his people um, and, and, and to know exactly 
um, what God was saying. And what I read at the very beginning, that was read from, from Huldah. So this is a woman of faith, y'all. And if you think about it, like you don't go inquire if you like want to know how to lose weight, right? Or if you want to know how to go start a business or go how to build a house, like you're not going to inquire of anybody. Um, You're not going to go inquire from someone who doesn't know what they're talking about, right? Like you're going to go get the best of the best or what you believe is the best. You're going to inquire for someone who has shown it, has results, has reflected that they know what they're talking about. So this Hulda, we don't know much about her, but we do because they inquired of her. And then furthermore, God was using her. So this faithfulness, which, you know, in Galatians 5, faith is a gift of the, it's a fruit of the spirit. It's a gift from God. It's a gift. It's a fruit of the spirit. Um, but we have to grow it. Um, and our faithfulness truly reflects our yieldedness to God. It really does. I mean, again, I don't have time, but Ephesians 5, 1 talks about being imitators. Psalm 1 one through two, it talks about if we delight in the law of the Lord, if we delight, then we'll meditate on it every single day. So no one has to see me meditate. They just look at my life and the evidence of, of what I'm actually doing. So again, I don't know her. I don't know her from anything but what the Bible says, but I do know that they inquired of her and I do know that God spoke to her. Therefore, she's demonstrating in her quiet time at her core level belief not just public and private, she's demonstrating being a dweller. She's demonstrating being a faithful person. So again, she gave this message that I already read and, but I loved it. You know, God's like, listen, I'm going to go and just, and just clean whole house. Okay. But he had this separate special message for Josiah, despite the absence of the law, King Josiah obeyed and honored. And then once he heard the law, it just, it moved him to action, not just, oh, this sounds so good. So even though this destruction was going to happen, God promised, God so faithful, God promised in verse 19, because your heart was tender and humble and you were responsive and obedient, I've heard you. I see you. I see you at your core level, God is essentially saying. So this is to you. God is like, I see you. Even when you think no one sees you, you think no one is caring about that you've stopped listening to this type of music, that you've started to be faithful to this to this faithless husband, that you've started to love people who are unlovable, that you started to, to, to take different care of your body as a temple, not because you just care so much about living a hundred and billion years, but because you know that the Bible says that your body is your temple and, and, and we should care for it. Um, and no one sees that you are doing your best, doing your best. Maybe you ain't perfect, but you're doing your best to stop cussing. Right. But God is like, I heard you. I see you. I hear you. I see you, friend. This is this is what God is saying to all of us, not just a Huldah, not just a Josiah, to all of us. All scripture just just weaves together to today. And so going back, Jesus said, follow me to Brittany. This is what he said to me. And then he said, Brittany, be obedient faithfully every single day. Trust me. Jesus is saying to you, follow me. Y'all, we are known by our following we follow because we dwell. We dwell because we believe. Friend, what do you believe? At your core, what do you believe? So the only action I would say is just in this week, actually a couple of weeks, because um, we'll take next week off um, traveling with my family. Think about this Ortberg structure, this public confession or faith, this private confession or faith, and then this core. Where do you fit? And be honest. God already knows. So ain't no reason to impress yourself or him. Okay? 
think about this. Where are you and why are you there? And friend, just know that I am cheering you on as you begin or continue, if this is what you're already doing, to build your life upon Jesus Christ. Head to the blog, CourageousRadiance.com, and I would love for you to gain some free resources, get connected with me. Y'all have an amazing week ahead.